What are you doing? I'm Eddie. He's Mike. It's the Eddie and Mike show. It's been a while. Shouldn't have left you without a dope podcast to listen to. Mike, <laughs> what's really hood? What's up, bruh? Um, I'm chilling. It's ugh, this the beginning of October is just been horrible um, weather-wise, but outside of that, well, outside of that and the commanders, I'm pretty gravy, bruh. Um, speaking of the daggone commanders, um, I guess we could do the run, uh, show rundown real quick. Um, we'll talk about them in a few seconds or minutes or whatever. And then after we finish frying them bombers, <laughs> we're going to finish. Um, we're going to continue with the baseball playoffs for Major League Baseball. Um, Aaron Judge, he did it. He, he reached 62. Do you consider that the home run record or not? We'll talk about that in a few, as well as postseason predictions. Um, it's a high chance that one of us might pick an NL East team. I know I'm not, just on principle, but we'll see what Eddie does. And um, the Nats clinched the worst record as um in the league this season, so we'll finish their season off on the show. Take a little break and come back and talk about basketball and a couple of scandals, including Brett Favre. Um, the more we hear about the story, the worse it gets. But hey, it is what it is. Um, Eddie, what's up with you, bro? I know uh, you brought the show up or whatever, but how are you been doing? Uh, you know, it's just uh, a balancing act. Uh, the baby had uh, RSV. Those of you who don't know, it's sort of like a pneumonia for the baby or for babies, rather. Um, yeah, just kind of, you know, it's that time of year. Season's changing. Seems like summer clocked out real quick and uh, it's really cool. gotten really cold real quick. So it's to be expected, you know, uh, flu season, I guess, uh, as they say. But we're actually doing pretty well now, um, other than the baby not wanting to take a nap. <laughs> we're doing pretty well. Speaking of babies and crying and whining, let's go ahead and break on the commanders. Um, not good, y'all. I, I think we had the one show after the Jaguars game. Think we were one and oh well yeah we haven't really won anything since then three straight losses to the Lions Eagles and now the Dallas Cowboys Washington finished the first quarter of the season that one and three um they played the Titans this Sunday at FedEx Field so what's what's your state right now we. We had a State of the Commanders um, session when we first started the season last month. So how are you feeling right now about the Commanders, Ron Rivera's Commanders? My, how the tides have turned. There, there's just too much to really get into, but you factor in Carson Wentz is nothing like that guy a couple of years ago that danced all around us and ducked and skipped over people and then chucked it down to a wide-open Nelson Aguilar that, that guy does not exist anymore. Uh, you know, you look at the offense, anemic defense getting pushed around. And, you know, we've added some new pieces. We've lost some pieces. So these things are understandable early on in the season. But we just haven't looked like we even wanted to be out on the field, really. We, we, we get behind. We shoot ourselves in the foot. 
you know, missed penalties are a part of the game, but that one really hurt. Uh, you know, watching the Dallas game, we were already playing like garbage. Uh, and not that those penalties would have helped, but it just, you know, it adds it's 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 salt in the wound, at least for me. Um, so yeah, there's that. Uh, where do we begin? You know, the whole I trust and Ron Rivera thing is really like that 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 shtick got old real quick for me. I I, I want to believe in the man, but you essentially swapped Sheriff for this uh, Normal guy, Normile. I don't know if I said it right. Uh, and then the uh, is his name what what's the the Trey something or other? He was Trey supposed Turner, to be, uh, uh, um, yeah. Andrew they brought him in. That didn't work. And so now we're going back to Sadiq Charles, which is fine. We drafted him. I want us to develop those guys. But between moves like that, injuries, and just sort of a, a very old, old, outdated approach by him, Del Rio, I'm just – state of despair is an understatement. Um, yeah, you're right. The whole – and Ron, we trust – um, we did. Well, I know I did personally, but the start of the season, the team looks pretty identical to not 2021, but the 2020 team. And in my opinion, even though the 2020 team won the um, NFC East, the 2021 team was a better team. But like you said, he kind of destroyed the strength of the team. Offensive line was a strength and I get it. Like, I was telling everybody last off or this offseason that PFF had us ranked fifth, ESPN. Well, PFF had us ranked second or third um, overall. ESPN had us, like, fifth or sixth overall. That was with last year's stats, last year's linemen. Three of those mammas, three of those mammas are gone. <laughs> like, that's 60% of the line that that's gone and you're right you can blame rivera pretty much 100 percent for that um wine regressing that made the whole team alone regress now as far as wentz goes i kept telling everybody he's wentz like you saw the best of him in the first half of that eagles game and the reason you really haven't seen him since is simply because the rest of the offense is either jacked up right now or it's not suited to his skill set they had an entire off well not an entire off season but a good amount of the off season to work the offense to his skill set but they brought in they replaced two guards with two guards that can't pass block and that's making cosme and lindo look even worse than they actually are as well so the entire off i mean the entire team's effort is being negated well not negated but it's not as potent as it could be especially offensively simply because the offensive line is not an nfl offensive line right now like it's that simple you don't have a quarterback like carson wentz performing worse than heineke unless something else is going on with the offense I think that, and, and, you know, I don't know what happened to that Scott Turner that we talked about that was doing things to play to the strengths of the various guys he had in there. I, I liked some of the fourth down calls that they've made when they go to that riverboat Ron style of play, you know, whether it's the jet sweep uh, reverse to Terry, I, I like some of those moves, 
But I, I just, it seems like we're, we're very vanilla and predictable, especially the Dallas game. We basically were just trying to pound the rock to avoid all of the pass rush and the sacks um, because Dallas was going to do what Philadelphia did to us if we tried to pass. And, you know, honestly, like, I don't see what Carson Wentz sees. I see what I see. I'm watching TV. It's, it's totally different. But that man has got to let go of the ball. He holds the ball forever. And this is RG3 all over again. Like, you cannot play hero ball. Drop the pass off to the running back. Call something where we snap the ball quickly and can get one of our explosive guys the ball in at least some sort of position to, to you know, use their athleticism and speed. We're not doing any of that. We, we came out there with those all-black unis, which are fire, honestly. I love them, but, you know – Everybody's like, oh, oh, it looks like the Pittsburgh Steelers. No, the Pittsburgh Steelers have never looked that bad, at least not in my lifetime. We looked like hot garbage, and I hate saying those kind of things. And, you know, you look at like what I mentioned earlier with Trey Turner, which it's hard for me to say that and not think about the Nats Trey Turner, um, just for what it's worth. But you look at like stubborn moves like that. Um, A.J. Klein, who – is a serviceable linebacker was out there. We elected to go with this Mayo guy. He, I'm I'm not a fan of him. I'm not a fan of, of uh, mayonnaise in general. And whenever I hear that guy's name and I see him play, it's like it like everything com- combines for just me. Like yeah, not feeling it. Good you know, God, the wilder the wilder thing about the AJ Klein signer. Um. He was a former Panther, and they brought in oh, yeah. so many former Panthers. Well, brought in the other so thing. many former Panthers, including um, Norwell and Turner, by the way. They're two former yeah. Panthers, yeah, even absolutely. though they come from other teams. They definitely are former Panthers. Out of all the former Panthers that they brought in, the two that they probably should have brought in were Trey Boston and um, A.J. Klein. Those two yeah. dudes... Um, yeah, those are two positions that the team is currently struggling at right now. Now, maybe not as much as safety as linebacker, but before McCain got his footing, like we really could have used Trey Boston. 100%. And, and the thing that I think is so troubling is just there seems to be this like difficulty with just being professional. Like at least from what the tweet I read was more or less like, we were showing some interest in AJ Klein and then we just kind of ghosted him. Like we just stopped, like we just cut off communication altogether. And I just don't understand. Like, like we, nobody including the Patriots is that good enough to be an asshole like that. We are the last team that should be acting like that. We have zero cred or or anything that we can stand on to say, yeah, well, you know, it's all good because we can get away with that because of X, Y, and Z. No, there is no X, Y, and Z. Baby is up. That's what the rattling is for our listeners. I do apologize, but, you know, your boy wears many hats in the household. uh, So is what it is. But commanders, I mean, I I don't – I don't have any idea what we could really do. Uh, I had the pleasure of going to the wild wings of Buffalo on Richmond highway the other day to uh, actually check out Grant and Danny who did their show from said venue. I made a joke to them. I said, look, what we got to do is get all Washington fans on board, sign away their soul. a la the Simpsons when Homer sold his soul for a donut. So anyway, we all sell our souls to get Belichick. 
and professionals that those guys are, they were like, well, which Belichick do you want to get? And I was like, oh, come on, man. You know, like they couldn't just ride with me. They had to like break down what I said and true to what they're saying. I, I don't know which Belichick we'd get at this point if that deal would ever be done. I mean, but I, I, I bring all that up. I'm sorry, Mike, let me, let me finish. I bring all that up to say that I don't know that even he with full autonomy and everything could fix this team. I, I don't know what like we really could do to change our fortunes. I, I don't. And that's what, that's what I was about to say. Honestly, any of the Belichick's, the Cleveland bill from 95, the, um, the Jets bill that only lasted like a week, <laughs> um, any of the Patriots bills, including 2022 Patriots Belichick would probably be better than Rivera. And that's, that's, him, the GM, he messed up the offensive line. That's one problem. Rivera, the coach, bruh, we're so behind in scheme now. Like, it's it's so frustrating because when Jay Gruden was here, and I know um, Jay Gruden might not be as liked as um, Rivera is, but the fact of the matter is their teams are performing about the same. The only yeah. difference is, is I think it was more Jay Gruden's offensive scheme that was the powering that Washington team during his tenure. His players were decent, especially on offense. He had Kirk Garcon, um, Reed, my oh, man Reed. D. Jax, yeah. Yeah. Chris Thompson. Um, it was a squad. Like he had a mob of um, players here, um, but it was the defense that was struggling. To keep up, and that was his. Um, that was Jay Gruden's fault for not picking a good defensive coordinator. He picked Hazlitt, Joe Burry, and uh, what's the Bama name? Um, hey, you know who I'm talking about, Michael. He got a weird last name, like oh, it's the no, never mind. That's the D line coach. I was gonna say, it's the dude that was nah, same... not Tom Sula, not Jim Tom, Tom Sula. That's ludicrous. That's ludicrous. Um, I forgot the Bama name, he came from the coast, but anyway. Y'all know what I'm talking about. I do know who you're talking about. Greg Minuski. That's his name. Greg Minuski. I don't know why I said Mike. That's why it threw me off. But anyway, um, that was Gruden's downfall. But the man had X's and O's for days. He was um, John Gruden's brother. He was an offensive coordinator. Had that Bengals um, offense rocking during his tenure with um, Andy Dalton. So he was more modern of a coach than Rivera is. That's all I'm saying. I'm not saying that he's a better coach or better motivator or whatever. All I'm saying is that Jay Gruden had a better offensive scheme, had a better um, mindset as a head coach than what Rivera has for 2022. Now, those are the 90s or whatever. Commanders will probably be rocking with their um, approach. But the fact that their players are not in position, players are not disciplined. Had so many penalties versus Dallas. Now, don't get me wrong. Dallas definitely avoided some flags on Sunday. But that doesn't take away the fact that Washington had a bunch of unforced penalties and forced penalties um, at the hands of the Cowboys. Um, Defensively, I don't know. Like They're playing okay on defense, especially the last two weeks. Now, that Lions game, I don't know what was up with that. Um, the third quarter of the Jaguars game. I don't know what was up with that. But for the last two weeks against the Cowboys and the Eagles, the uh, the defense has looked okay, except they keep the um, opposing offenses, they keep attacking 
three key players. They attacked three players. Kendall Fuller, William Jackson III, and Jamin Davis in that order. Um, as far as Jamin Davis, somehow, some way, the teams, the opposing offenses keep getting him one-on-one with a slot receiver. I don't know how it's happening. I wish MJ could tell me because I don't know. But it keeps happening. It happened two straight plays against the Cowboys where Jamin Davis is matched up one-on-one with C.D. Lamb. <laughs> and, of course, Lamb cooked them both times. But he just didn't cook with um, Jamin Davis. William Jackson III got that work on the CD and Lamb touchdown. Lamb just ran the route. Like, he didn't really put any moves on him. He ran the route. And William Jackson was just confused, bro. And as far as Kimball Fuller, it's not technique or whatever. It's just simple. He's old. I know he's only, like, he's less than 30. I think he's 29 or whatever. But it don't matter. He got old quick. He's slow now. He got cooked the last two weeks. I wouldn't be surprised if um, during the Titans game next week, Robert Woods burns him for a touchdown or Traylon Burks. Like, it's that bad in the secondary where you got your two starting cornerbacks looking like straight-up ass. I'm sorry for cursing, but that's the, that's the truth. Don't be sorry at all. Uh, yeah, William Jackson the third. I mean, it. you know, people talk about, oh, well, he's used to playing man, and they don't really have him playing man like that. I, that's fair enough, but he is getting beat like he stole something and way too consistently for him to be, you know, the sought after free agent that we made him out to be and for what we're paying him. And and like you said, that that effort on uh, CeeDee Lamb, you know, you expect CeeDee Lamb to cook Davis because, you, you know, the, the difference in speed and skill and everything else, but – on your number one corner and like just the way he did it, it didn't, you know, I don't know if Jackson in his mentally like thought he knew what was coming and just got froze. I, I I couldn't tell you, but it just, it looked like a very lackluster effort, which is what I mentioned, you know, the whole team, like we don't, we don't start off well, even like in the Philly game where we tried to start coming back, we get the one score and then like, that's it. And it's, it was too like way too little too late. But, um, you know, just going back to some of the things you said, whether it's our problems on offense or defense, you know, Rivera, the GM, is the one who made these and made these moves and these decisions. And, and we've said it time and time again, you know, adults running the show and Ron, we trust. I got to be honest, dude, I think we contributed to like Ron being above reproach. Like, doesn't it kind of feel like that? Like, like just because he's not at one loud and smoking a joint and hitting on girls while he's married. That we're like, oh, it's cool. Like, like I'm sorry, but um, I don't know. Like, be, year three was supposed to be the year that we start to like right. the Ron plan really comes in full effect. You know, we're winning games, we're staying classy, we're keeping it real. None of that is happening. I so, mean, absolutely none. It's like two things are happening right now for Rivera, and neither one are wrong per se. Like, there's two different camps, I guess I should say. You have one camp, well, three camps, I guess. You have one camp who's just blind, like straight-up fan fan, fanatic, homer. They're going to be down with Ron no matter what. <clears throat> you have your doubters that were here before he even played the game, judging him off of what happened in Carolina. And you have the third group of people 
I would say I'm in a third group of people. The Bama said just tell it like it is. Like, yeah. yeah, he he only had two winning seasons in Carolina, but he went to the playoffs four times. Objective. Like, and the the NFC South is the NFC South. Like, he competed in that division during that was the toughest division in his, I mean, in the NFL during his tenure. So there are some, even with his um record, there are some things that you have to put in perspective. My beef with him has nothing to do with anything before 2020. I don't care what happened with the Panthers. I don't care what happened with the Redskins uh, before he came. My beef is, is just what you said. He said this, bro. He said that the third season, that the team would be more competitive. I ain't going to hold you. For those that don't know, Washington was down 26 nothing versus the, um, no, 24 nothing versus the Lions on week two. 2020, in October, they were down 26 to nothing versus the Lions um, in Detroit. So to me, when I look at that game versus the Lions in 2020, and then I see this happen again in 2022, I'm like, bruh, you said in the third season the team would be better. I don't give a damn that we lost to the Lions. Like, they're an up-and-coming team just like we are. Same yeah, with the Jacksonville um, Jaguars. I wouldn't care that we lost to them, too. My my frustration is the way. Now, I get losing sucks, period. But I'm a Redskins fan. I've been losing for 27 years. That's not the problem. Tell them. The problem is the approach. The problem is straight up that our team doesn't look like a 2022 NFL team at times. And that's the frustrating part. You got all these pieces on offense that you can't use. Like, imagine, well, matter of fact, we are seeing it. Look at the Rams. Their offensive line is shot. Their offensive line is toasted. And they can't do nothing with the ball. I have I have Stafford as one of my quarterbacks in one of my leagues. He is not scoring more than 17 fantasy points, which is awful for a quarterback. He has not scored more than 17 fantasy points the entire season so far. I'm not going to put that all on him, especially since this man just won the Super Bowl last season. You know why? Because he had a better offensive line. So I don't know what the heck they're doing in Los Angeles. They destroyed the offensive line. I don't know what they're doing in Washington when they destroyed the offensive line. The fact of the matter is you're not doing anything on offense. I don't care if you're Brady. I don't care if you're Peyton. I don't care if you're Vic. I don't care if you're Rodgers. I don't care if you got T.O., um, Marvin Harrison, Randy Moss, Tory Hall, Jerry Rice. I don't I don't care who you got. If your offensive line can't block, you ain't doing jack. Matter of fact, go back to the Super Bowl again last season. On the last Bengals offensive possession, I keep saying it. I've been saying it since February. Ramsey got his butt cooked by Chase on that fourth down. He got annihilated. But guess what? Burrow couldn't get the ball off because the offensive line got cooked even worse. So that's that's all I'm saying, bro. I can't blame Wentz. I can't blame the players. I, I will never blame the fans because what the hell we got to do with anything? This is all on coaching. I would say 95% of the problems that the team is having right now is coaching. Rather, Scott Turner, Jack Del Rio, or Ron Rivera, any of the position coaches, it's all on them. I'm getting tired of keep blaming the players. I'm I'm tired of um 
acting like that um, the coaching staff is perfect because they they're not perfect. They haven't been perfect. And all I'm gonna do is say this at the end: when they brought in William Jackson, there's two things that pissed me off so far in Rivera the most. Um, them trailing twenty plus points to the Lions in three seasons, tw- twice in three seasons. But the other thing was signing William Jackson the third, a man cornerback, and forcing them to play zone. That joint, it, that's dumb. You might as well just kept Darby and save money. That would have been that would have helped you keep um settling Ionitis. If you kept Darby, you would have been able to keep them two and still get a quarterback. So I don't know what the hell happening right now, but they're in trouble. They have to win these next two games. They have to beat the Titans. They have to beat the Bears. If not, it's going to get super ugly in D.C. if they um lose one of these next two games. Oh, and don't let them lose both and be one and five. Yeah. Um, it, I mean, it, it feels like that's exactly where we're headed. Uh, like you said, you know, Kendall Fuller got old quick. And what I would argue is no matter how good he was, even his rookie year, the man is not a very big dude. And I know DB is not a position where you see guys of like, you know, very tall, like high, you know, big stature, but, um, he is very small for a DB, at least the way I see it. So, um, you know, what do you do, right? We just got to roll with it. Uh, I, I'm just, in my head, I'm kind of worried that we're going to end up, you know, whether it's uh, one of those Jacksonville guys or Josh Norman for the Bills, that one of our guys is going to end up being the next, like, gif or highlight reel of Derrick Henry just chucking him into, the, like, the, the first ten rows or something. Uh, I can just see it happening. That's another um... – and then, I mean, talking about the Titans game, I'm not picking us to win in my article on a half. Um, until I see us win a game or play better, I'm a, there's no way I can pick Washington to beat anybody, including the Bears next Thursday. Like, there's no, absolutely no way that I can do that. But I will say this. Um, the last few weeks, they have been better against the run. And these are against two teams that like to run the ball and the Chargers. I mean, the Chargers, the Eagles and the Cowboys. Washington kind of stopped them. John Allen, as much of a bam as he can be at times, uh, had a great game on Sunday. Probably the first time this season he had a better game than Payne, which is wonderful for us. Um, Same with Damon Davis. Like, he had a decent game the last two weeks. Um, They can... Stop the Titans' offense. But my problem is, can they do it consistently and can they score points on offense themselves? I don't think so. And I'll talk about it more in the half when I write my prediction article. And also look out for the article from me on um, Commanders to Classify. I've been writing for the folks over there for the, um, this season and having a fun. I'm having a lot of fun doing both. So, yeah. But I'm not picking us to beat the Titans Sunday at all. You know, on top of Derrick Henry probably just smacking all of us around, the real worry is that a guy like Traylon Burks, who's a young rookie, guy like Robert Woods, who's new to that team, that we're going to end up, you know, making these guys look even better. We're going to allow that Titans team to build continuity and use us as a stepping stone. 
it just it, it hurts, man, that to see us play this way. We're we're definitely like code burgundy doesn't even begin to describe it. You know, we're we're code, I don't even know what, but um it's kind of, it's almost like living a nightmare. We we really we all set ourselves up thinking that we were gonna be good. And it almost feels like we've gotten worse as Ron has brought all his people in. Like it's almost like Ron was better with Jay Gruden's people than he is with his own. No bull. Um, I said it when they first brought, I mean, when Rivera first came that the offensive coordinator should have been Kevin O'Connell. I wasn't the biggest fan of the Scott Turner hire. Now I understand it for continuity or whatever, but I really felt like we should have kept Kevin O'Connell. And now he's the head coach of the Vikings, and they're sitting at two and two right now. And Scott Turner is coordinating a one and three offense that's ranked pretty much at the bottom of every offensive statistic. But um, we're going to take a quick break. Uh, we're not talking about the rest of the NFL in this episode. Um, yes, yeah, until the commanders start playing better. Why even focus on any of the other teams right now? But um, honestly, we're not doing that because we're talking more about baseball. Um, We'll be right back in a few minutes. Talk about Aaron Judge and the MLB playoffs. It's Eddie and Miss Hike. Take me out to the ball game. A one Mr. Aaron Judge. 62 home runs and AL record. I believe he is now the Yankee with the most home runs as well. More than Maris, more than Ruth. As far as home run records go, I know people are going to hate me for saying this, and it's, uh, it's a technicality, but, you know, Barry Bonds has like 77 or 76 and I understand his head grew quite large from his days in <laughs> to his last days in San Francisco, but um, he never failed a test. Now, I, I'm not saying that I don't think he was juicing. I'm just saying he never failed a test. And I think there's something to be said for someone who, despite whether, you know, the, the allegations, you know, whether he did or didn't take performance, performance enhancing drugs, excuse me, um, you know, his hand-eye coordination, his on-base percentage, I think if you ask a lot of guys that played with him, no matter what, he just was that good. Like he, he was that good. Um, you know, as far as baseball playoffs, you know, when I look at the teams in the AL, I look at teams like the Yankees, uh, the Houston Astros are there again. Uh, I kind of feel like it might be one of those two. Hold on, before you before you go in the playoffs, um, okay, with Barry Bond and Aaron Judge, real quick. Um, my whole thing has been this: we know that that era of baseball was a juiced up era. Like, is 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 you can't deny it when you look at uh, what happened with Bonds. What happened with McGuire, Sosa, um, everybody, even Brady Anderson got caught up in that um, at one point. Like, because you don't hit 50. Huh? Bunch. Giambi. Right. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, that's who else I was trying to think of, too. 
Ken Caminetti, uh, who was, you know, a little bit before those guys, the younger McGuire days when he was with the uh, Oakland A's. But steroids in baseball is almost as American as apple pie, unfortunately. Right. So I'm saying that because everybody keeps saying that Bonds doesn't have a home run record or whatever. And I'm like, that's cool. But if you're going to say that, then you have to say other things about other players in the past, past too, because I'm pretty sure um, Babe Ruth were doing things that were frowned upon nowadays. The same with Roger Maris, Ted Williams, um, anybody. I'm pretty sure even Hank Aaron himself was doing some things in the 80s and 70s that was that would be frowned upon during 2022. So it's just unfortunate for Barry Bonds that he got caught up in this stuff because this dude was a multiple-time MVP winner before he got to San Francisco. Like, this dude was considered one of the greats when he was in Pittsburgh. So it's not that this is a trash player that just started hitting home runs all of a sudden. Sure, he blew up and got big or whatever. But like I said, we can't punish that one player for that one era and ignore all the other types of era. Like, for example, Babe Ruth played in the, um, Major League Baseballs before the Negro Leagues was um, formed. I mean, before um, integration. Like who's no who knows what would have happened if you had African Americans and Latinos in Major League Baseball during those times? Like we may not even heard of Babe Ruth. Like I'm not saying that's the truth, but I'm just saying, like, stop being so damn mean all the damn time. Like we know he took the steroids. So what? <laughs> yeah, there's a certain level of of being objective, and I and I think. Um, without sounding extremely naive, almost borderline intentionally naive, you know, like as people get older, it's hard to keep weight off. Now, I, I trust me, I realize how that sounds in defense of Barry Bonds because he certainly got a lot bigger. But I, I said it before, I think if you ask those that played with him and against him, they understood just how great a talent he was. Um, I'm going to circle back to that in a second with a story that might or might not shed some light on that. Uh, but as far as like, you know, playing with the times, do you remember, uh, I think it was first take JJ Reddick was making a comment where older people talk about Bob Cousy or, you know, yeah, guys of yesteryear <laughs> and JJ Reddick says, well, yeah, that's great. But he was playing against like guys who were roofers and plumbers by day. And they just happened to play basketball for hobby, you know, whereas like, I would liken that to the same in baseball. How do we know that, you know, Babe Ruth was a womanizer and drank a lot and stuff. How do we know the guys he played with didn't drink and womanize just as much and it affected their play? I don't know that Babe Ruth played in the era when Don Drysdale or Sandy Koufax pitched or Satchel Paige or any other uh, uh, pitcher, regardless of ethnicity. But, you know, there were guys who were legit back then. I don't know of how many times Babe Ruth faced them, if any. Now, um, again, it, it's all relative to the time you played in, you know, like think of uh, nowadays, you know, we have guys who are just designated hitters because it's allowed in both leagues now. And so that extends guys careers like you wouldn't believe uh, as far as Barry Bonds and his talent. Take this how you want. But underhand pitching is outlawed in baseball. And there's a reason, because if you underhand pitch, there's a way you can do it to make pitches that are a little bit difficult to read and hard to pitch. 
So Jenny Finch, who is a known uh, Olympic softball pitcher, uh, part of it is because of her looks. She was, she was a very attractive young lady as well as a good pitcher. And there was a thing where, you know, she was she was willing to pitch against anybody and, and other pros would take her up and she'd strike them out. Finally, they talked Barry Bonds into doing it. And this is what I'm saying to his hand-eye coordination. Barry Bonds gets up to the bat and every pitch she threw, in his stance, he brought the bat in front of him and just tapped the ball straight down in front of him to just simply show how good of a read he had, how good he was with the bat in his hands. Meaning, if I can hit the ball on top, like on top of the ball and smack it straight down every time. I've got a read on your pitch so good, I'll hit it to the moon if I want. And when you really think about that, I get it. Softball versus baseball. I don't want to get into the men versus women argument. But the fact of the matter is that this woman was a very, very good pitcher and threw some pitches that were tough for guys to hit that were pros. And Barry Bonds comes up there and makes it look like nothing, just effortlessly, just smacking them down. Every one must've been like 10 to 15 pitches. Um, So I do think you have to acknowledge him for what he is. It's, it's not quite the same, you know, with Pete Rose, the whole betting thing. That's just, that's a moral thing. Uh, You can't really question how good Pete Rose was either. He just was that good in my opinion. Um, It's not the same, you know, because there was never this going before Congress like Rafael Palmero or uh, Roger Clemens and the pointing of the finger and period and blah, blah, blah. None of those things happen. So I realize I sound kind of like a sleazy lawyer, but fact remains, he never failed a test. So you like he kind of does have to get some kind of credit for that. Like you can't you can't take that away. Like, you know, court of law, arguing, debate, whatever you want to call it, like that that has validity. Now, I'll throw um, one more in there, too. You mentioned Sosa and McGuire. McGuire has admitted to what he was doing. Sammy Sosa kind of flies under the radar, too. He was juicing. He also got caught with a cork bat. Like, oh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Point, like, during a game. This wasn't all batting practice or, you know, practice just his team. This was during a game makes things a lot different when you when you factor in cheating and things of that nature. Because let's not forget, most of these guys are playing against guys who cheated as well. It's not like they're the only cheaters. Which, if you just Google like cheating in sports, it seems like you can find cheating in almost every sport at every level. You know, we know who Danny Almonte Jr. is for a reason. <laughs> just saying. That New York baseball team, the kid was like 15 playing on a 13-year-old team. Fake birth certificate. Oh, yeah. I remember. I I knew the name, but I forgot what happened. And I'm (laughs) granted he was playing against kids younger than him. That kid could pitch. That kid could pitch. Ain't heard from the Bama since. Well, of course Um, not. So playoffs, postseason, major league baseball. Um I'm not going to talk about the AL too much because I don't follow them anymore outside of the O's. So I'll try to focus on the NL, but I really didn't follow them that much this season either. And we'll talk about why in the next segment. But um, 
I just hate the fact that three NL East teams got there to the playoffs, and we weren't one of them. Um, I, I didn't even know the Phillies were even in playoff contention until like two weeks ago. I was focused on the Mets and Braves, and I'm like, what the hell? The Phillies got a wild card spot? What's going on? So, to be real with you, my prediction is I don't want any NL East team to make it to the World Series. Unfortunately, <laughs> that means I'm going to have to root for the Dodgers or Cardinals. I don't no, want to root for them either. They're probably going to get eliminated, but... Oh, uh, the Padres? No. Ooh. Seattle Mariners. Oh, man. What do you, look, so, please, what, what problem do you have with the Mariners? They've got a bunch of That's the point. I ain't got no problems. They had more teams, more teams and players taken from them than almost any other. <laughs> hey, I ain't got no problems with them. Like, you, like, that city's hurting. They got that Julio yeah. Rodriguez kid, which, by the way, this is, I, I had to stop and turn up the volume on ESPN because they were talking about him. And the rapper Coolio just passed away, rest in peace, uh, recently. Mm-hmm. I swear to God, I kept hearing them call him Coolio Rodriguez, but his name is Julio. Um, I just can't hear, and that's a whole other uh, can of worms. Facts. So we got three AL East and three NL East. East is representing hard. I really think, you know, you look at the Yankees, you look at the Astros, even a team like the Guardians, they've got some solid pitching. They got um, a couple of good hitters. Astros have been there year in, year out. We're talking about cheaters, just throwing that in there. Um, so I really think the AL is 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 got it going on. The Dodgers or the uh, Padres are certainly built to make a run with the, with the players they have. But, you know, it's – I mean, I, I just really think the AL is going to overpower them. Um, definitely feel like the Braves and Mets are going to choke. Jonah, I hope you're listening. I'm talking about your Braves. Yeah, Braves, Mets, Phillies, screw them all. Um, and especially screw them this year when the Nationals finish um, with the worst record in the major leagues, not the National Leagues, but the major leagues. Um, they're at 103 losses already. I believe they have four or five games left. Did they play a double hitter? Um, did they lose both games yesterday? I believe so. I think one I might not have got rained out. Give me a second. I'm actually just on the baseball uh, app. So let me see here. We lost four to two. And then, yeah, we lost eight nothing. My um, goodness. Yeah. Man, hurry up and end this damn season. Cause, and, you know, bro, it ain't like 2023 going to be any better. Mike, I'm telling you, and I know I always am wearing the optimistic hat, but I like what I've seen, you know, whether it's C.J. Abrams or Call, uh, um, K. Bear Ruiz, uh, Manessis is just an awesome story. You know, a guy who's been in the uh, minor leagues for a long time. I believe he's 30 years old. And literally upon calling him up, he just was – consistently getting two to three hits a game, getting on base consistently. So definitely something to kind of look forward to when you have a guy who is still hungry, but has the maturity and experience of playing as long as he has granted it was in the minors, but again, talent is talent. Uh, You got to figure that hopefully as we 
work on getting new ownership that maybe we'll be willing to pay guys that aren't pitchers. Cause that's, that's really our problem right now is that we have ownership that didn't really want to pay anybody unless they were a pitcher. And we got so much money tied up in Strasburg, Corbin and Max Scherzer that it, it leaves us less wiggle room, despite the fact that the learners are extremely wealthy and would have no problem going over the luxury tax and being able to afford it. But I also understand that it's easy for me to say that when it's not my money. So uh, yeah, I'm, I'm optimistic about the future. I, I think you look at Abrams, definitely nice. Josiah Gray, a guy I, I didn't mention, he's definitely, uh, I believe a really solid player. And even like Eric Fetty, who's been with us for a few years, I think he could really come into his own too, but we, we, we got to get, you know, we got to get an ownership group or an owner that is going to let Rizzo really, you know, do his thing. Like, I think he should be heralded for what he's done, but he's done it knowing that like, they're only going to pay pitchers. So we got to really, you know, we got to work on that if we want to catch up or contend. Um, I'm just, I, I'm tired. <laughs> I know I said the same thing um, a lot, but it's it's just dealing with the football team, dealing with the basketball team. Um, the hockey team has just been underperforming for the last 15 years or so. Um, the baseball team, they came in 05 and they was trash. Then after six years of trashiness, they went on like a nine-year run, uh, multiple postseason appearances, one World Series championship. And now it just seems like they're back to being the worst team in the city now. Um, I thought winning the World Series would help. How can I say I would be okay for a much longer um, with the World Series win. But, I mean, to be real with you, after last season, us not being able, well, the last two seasons, not being able to celebrate the World Series championship, it don't even feel like we won anymore. Yeah, the pandemic definitely ruined the whole, like, us being able to kind of have that defend the title uh, you know, vibe going on. Um, it was a it was a great series when you look at the storybook part of it, you know, being a wild card and everything. And you're right, like considering the talent that we've had on this team the last five to ten, well, going back a few years, but when you, you know, Rendon, Harper, Strasburg, you know, I know Harper wasn't part of the World Series title, but you just look at that that team, Max, Trey Turner. We uh, Soto, Robles, I mean, we, we had guys at every position that were just playing very well, playing at a high level, a few of whom were probably top three, top five at their position. <clears throat> and uh, just to only get one one real playoff run, one World Series, it's, it's like I talk about with the Capitals and Alex Ovechkin all the time. It just seems kind of weird that Alex Ovechkin is this legendary player and he's only got one Stanley Cup. And same with the Nationals when we have all that talent. But, uh, you know, those are the breaks. Uh, hopefully we get some kind of change in D.C. and can, you know, 
get back to winning and maybe become some kind of title town at some point. I mean, it'd, it'd be amazing. The city's hungry for it and they deserve it, I think. So, Matt, that on baseball. Matt happening. Um, trying to see. Let me see something real quick. Um, we could probably save these last two topics, bro. <laughs> Don't matter. I mean, I just figure, especially with like the scandal stuff going on, that's there's a lot of different things going on. Yeah, but we kind of. I ain't saying we packed the shows. Um, it's not as long as our other shows, but um, something telling me I should just end it right here. All right. Um, basketball is still in preseason, so we could definitely talk about that more in depth next episode. And um, scandals. Hmm. Said your boy Kispert hurt himself the other night. I think I saw that Bama out for six weeks. Yeah, stepped on somebody's foot and rolled his ankle. But uh so yeah. Um we're gonna bounce up out of here, y'all. Uh, thanks for hanging with us, chilling with us. Hopefully next time we record the commanders have some W's under their belt. But um if not, we're gonna find like we did this episode. Uh, we'll talk about those scoundrels and basketball season on the next episode. Sorry we couldn't get it to y'all this episode, but um stuff happens. Y'all be all right. Yep. You'll be all right. All right. Peace out, y'all. Um, be safe. Look at us. I'm mean, gonna look up look up us on all social media platforms. Um, if you see us on regular Facebook, shout us out. And um we're gonna holler at y'all when next time we record. Be safe and yeah, peace out. All right, ladies and gentlemen. You have yourselves a wonderful evening. <laughs>